0: Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Last verse. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Now look up here a little bit. Can your enemies agree that you're wiser than them? Can your teacher agree that you are smarter than them? Especially those of you in school today. Can you testify that those who mentor you would agree that you are smarter and have more insight than them? Can they? Well, thank you for your honesty. See, the psalmist says if he meditates on the Word of God, and the law of God, he'd become wiser. Yet Christians from around the world, for the most part, are being looked and mocked at of our faith. Not persecuted. Persecution is different because persecution is they know you're smarter and they just can't stand you and that's why they want to attack you. But mockery is different is that we Christians have have not been in a place where we have heard the Word of God so often, and yet we've been despised even by our peers. People mock our faith, call us mentally ill. Why is that? Why is it that we have heard the Word of God week in and week out every Sunday, and yet we are not wiser than the world? We're not wiser, never mind about our teachers, even our peers. We do not have greater insight than them. What is some is talking about here? Today I pray the Holy Spirit will open up your mind and bring understanding to you of what I'm going to say in the next 30 minutes. I'll try to do it in 30 minutes, but no guarantee, Okay? Now, the reason is because I believe, and you're going to read this, is that we have not left an issue or a doctrine or a theology that we have been holding on to, and we just stay there, and we have not moved on. You know... On Thursday Friday night, I was in one of the I was visiting one of the small groups and by the way, let me do a plug for small groups. Small group is an amazing place. Small groups give you strength small groups give you help you to do life with other people and give you greater faith to become greater overcomers if you cannot if you find yourself not able to become an overcomer get yourself plugged into a small group not just with anybody else you know people say oh I got, I got my friends already my group of friends but maybe they don't have that 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 faith to encourage you in fact they might even have cynicism to discourage your faith so why would you want to hang out with them are you here this morning it's so quiet so anyways, we are talking about the law and the righteousness and how we are righteous before the Lord and, and how the grace of God is guaranteed that we are righteous before Him. And there was this big conversation about that. And so, you know, being the person that can never keep quiet, you know, like I, I tried. I, 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 if they can attest to you that I stayed quiet probably 80% of the time, you know. And after that, I just couldn't take it anymore, so I had to say something, you know. That was pretty good. That's a great improvement, man. Next time I'll try to be quiet, 90%, you know. But anyways, I said this. I said many of us believers is hanging on to some doctrine, emphasis on some doctrines, which is great. Right? It's not bare of itself, but that's where we stay. I said, why are you guys talking about righteousness and sin? It's dealt with, it's done with. Move on. I know a lot of people don't understand grace. They don't understand the goodness of God, and that's what we have to keep telling them. We have to keep preaching. People like me need to keep on preaching the grace of God because a lot of people are under condemnation and guilt, especially they come to church, they feel so guilty, you know. But, you know, God never called us to dwell in the area where we keep talking about sin. If you have a victory already, you need to move on. You need to start changing your mindset. You need to expand because... You know, it, we have been preoccupied sometimes with one doctrine or one philosophy and one one ideas and one theology, and then we can't move on. When God has given us this salvation for us to have an abundant life, to, to in fact conquer the world, there are people, I say to them, there were people in our midst that could be an inventor of the next light bulb or something like that, or it could be the next Einstein. But because we're so preoccupied with one thing, we can't move on to anything else. So I want to encourage you. Come on, you want to praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Let's give praise to God. It is true. So I want to encourage you that you need to expand your mind, allow God to teach you something new. You know, I was meditating again on Friday, you know. During the day, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about how the goodness of God is the grace of God. And I was saying to myself, you know, Christians, we ought to be the head, not the tail. It seems like the world is... It's, it's pulling us along and we're following the, the, the world grudgingly, you know. I think especially Christians, right? You know, in the past, we call those drums a sin and they the devil, you know. The pre- churches used to preach against drums, and finally, you know, we have drums, you know, and, and whatever happened to the sin and devil, right? So we changed theology, being dragged along, whereas we should be the leader of the world. We should influence your culture. We should influence the narrative and the mindset. We should be the one that people go, oh, I like to follow because it's so cool. Well, it's not cool if you just stay in one spot, the same old and same old and same old. I'm not preaching for us to change our conviction and our, our stand and so forth. I'm asking us to re-examine how we do life. That instead of staying in one corner, talking about one let's ask God to give us greater wisdom to move forward but most people can't do it you know why I'll tell you why let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 to 19 now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds so if you have your Bible you see my Bible have all kinds of colors see I color, you know, this power of technology, right? And if you are of the older generation, you know, you take up your reading glass, take up your marker, (laughs) that's cool. That's really cool. I still do that at home, you know. It's just I love technology. Anyways, I think I've offended some people here. Please forgive me. Please, please. (laughs) Yeah, me and my mouth. Anyway, so. Number one is futility of their minds. Underline that. Number two is that they are darkened in their understanding. Number three is alienated from the life of God. All of this is because, let's read it together, of the ignorance that is in them. Come on, let's say it again. Because of the ignorance that is in them, due to what the hardness of heart let's say it again because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart Uh, verse uh, 19 they have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality greedy to practice every kinds of impurity in other words when your heart is hardened due to ignorance you will try to have, grab whatever that you can grab to satisfy you. Now, Paul here in this context is talking about salvation because salvation, the concept of salvation was so new to the world, not only to the Jews, but to the rest of the Europeans that have received the, the message of salvation. To all the people we hear but the gospel is so unique. Some people reacted positively and they followed the gospel, but most people at the time, they would throw stone at Paul, not only the Jews, but a lot of Oh, the the Gentiles that he went to, he he faced a lot of persecutions. He he got he got thrown in jail, you know. And he got he faced why because what Paul was introducing at the time was a concept that was unheard of. It's so new. It's it's never been told before. It's not written in the history book. There's nothing to refer to. So it's so new. And you know they could not receive salvation because of the ignorance in them due to the hardness of their... heart. And because of that, as far as salvation is concerned, their, their mind is futile, their thinking is futile, their understanding is dark, and they couldn't understand the gospel, and therefore they were alienated from the life of God. Now this is true also for everything else that God wants to reveal to you today and for the rest of your life is that he would require that Christians, listen to this, you have given your life to Jesus. Now, if you haven't, this, this passage here is actually more applicable to you because it speaks of salvation. Don't harden your hearts. Otherwise, you will find yourself being ignorant of the truth, and as a result, you're going to be alienated from God, and your understanding is darkened, and your mind is futile, and you'll become callous, and you'll be looking for substitutes, sensual, of the world, the, the greed of the world, and all kinds of sin to try to fill that gap. Open up your mind and be a soft heart. But I want to speak to Christians this morning. Is that in every revelation that God is going to give, first was the salvation. Your heart was softened, then, and you will open to the message of God. You will open to the gospel of God, and that's why you receive salvation. And that was one of the best things that you've ever done. The most incredible victory you ever had. Why? Because you had an open mind. Your heart was softened unfortunately many believers after they become christians especially after they become christian for 40 years they will say things like oh i seen it done it and got a t-shirt for it so i don't need to hear anything nobody can say anything to me that i don't know already and therefore the heart become hardened god can't reveal any more truth to them god can't reveal any more revelation to them god wants them to go from glory to glory they can they got stuck why because the heart is hardened if i want to title my sermon i just did my intro wasn't that good That was intro, so I'm gonna get into the body right now. (laughs) If I want to title my sermon today, I'm gonna call it "The Peril of the Hardened Heart." The peril of the hardened heart. Hardened heart is not only happening among old people, 99 years, 105 years old. You know that. In fact, some of the old people, their heart is so tender. They're still learning. I heard a really renowned preacher used to say, I will learn and be curious until the day I die. We have to be that way so that God can show us more. But some of the young people these days, their heart is hardened. You know, they, they could just you know turn 16 or 17 or 18 or 15 or something, even 13. They think they know everything already. So they harden their hearts. They wouldn't listen to anybody's advice. And so they think they know everything. They know more than everybody who lived ahead of them. is funny. We used to all do that, those of us in our, you know, 30s, you know. We used to do that. We used to think everybody is ignorant and we know it all. And how we regret those years that think we were so smart and we did our own things and now we regret it. But there are smart people, smart young people I've seen, they are so tender in their heart and they're willing to listen, and so they would not make the same mistakes that we make. But there are young people that harden their heart, so all kinds of people can harden heart. And you know, the Bible says when your heart is hardened, you ended up being ignorant. Why? Because now you're close-minded. You know, Paul described three things. three The three outcomes of those who have their heart hardened. Number one is futility of mind. I went to the dictionary and I found out what futile is. Futile means incapable of producing Any useful results. I don't care whether you're Christians or not. When you are ignorant, you can't produce any useful results in your life. If you find yourself having no useful fruits in your life, you're not producing fruits. There's no results in your life. Whatever that you put your hands on and you can't seem to get it working is because your mind is futile. You can't seem to produce anything that is fruitful in your life. I'm not saying this to judge you or condemn you, but I'm saying is to encourage you so that your mind will not be out, that you be fruitful God has called us and designed us all to be useful all the time not only when we're younger but when we're older and we are getting older and older the older we get the more fruitful we become hallelujah that's the purpose in the plan of God so uh, uh, the, the sentiments of futility or futile is fruitless vain pointless their mind is pointless Useless, ineffectual, ineffective, no effect, to no use, in vain, to no avail. They, we preoccupy our, mind, preoccupy our mind with useless stuff. No fruits at all. Some people are partly, they say men usually would like to be in an empty box. Have you heard that before? Or is it just, just a lesson for a marital couple. Okay, listen to this, right? When you talk to your husband and he doesn't seem to be registering with you, he look at, he look at you and it's not going in. Understand that nothing is wrong with him because it's normal. Man, we usually go, love to go into that nothing box. And we like to hide there and just think about nothing. So you can say, what's wrong with you, man? Can you talk? I'm talking to you. (laughs) But (laughs) it's not going in. Right? You know, I don't know why I got that, but you know. (laughs) But I want to encourage you, man, don't go to that nothing box that often because you stay there too long. Hmm, something will go, something will happen to your brain. You know, just, 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 it's fine to once in a while go into that box of nothingness. I understand every man needs to do that. I need that, you know, and, and sometimes my wife just, she's not here, I can say about, talk about, her. sometimes my wife is just, she got frustrated because I've stayed in that nothing box too long, you know, and, and she's like, you know, raising her decibel, you know, as if that's gonna do anything. If you're in the nothing box, it doesn't matter what voice, it's just going go, you know, and you know, because we're not responding accordingly, they won't mess. Like, why? <laughs> Shaka. <Shocker. laughs> but man, I want to encourage you don't stay in that nothing box to my Let's move on. Okay, now Paul also said that the understanding is darkened. What does that mean? It means that they are not able to see things clearly. Those who have their heart hardened, they become ignorant. And because their heart is hardened, they cannot see things clearly. They cannot comprehend problems. If you find yourself not able to fix solutions, you got presented with problems, but you can't seem to wrap around your mind about the problems and fix the solutions. Perhaps because your mind is darkened, and perhaps you need to have a softened heart that God can show you what needs to be done again. There is lack of insight. Lack of good judgment. That's when your mind, your understanding is darkened. And finally, Paul says this, ignorance, right? In this case, ignorance led to one alienated from the life of God, and ignorant due to not having an open mind, reject any ideas and suggestions that are not in line with one established dogma. In other words, any ideas, any things that been said that has not been heard before, they were rejected. It. it happens to a lot of men. I tell you, a lot of men think that they know everything. In fact, a lot of teenagers these days, they think they know everything. They grab onto, they, they grab onto one philosophy or one philosophical perspective, and they just hold on to it. You know, I, I always compare them to like a, like, a, like a little cute doggy with the bones. You know, once they got the bone, they're not going to let go. You are let go a little bit. Are you here? Now, why is a heart hardened? You see, when the heart is hardened, then the mind stops progressing. When the heart is hardened, when you have decided that you're not going to learn anything, take any more suggestion, then your heart is hardened. And when your heart is hardened, then your mind stops progressing. How? Because we stop allowing change and transformation in our thinking. The Bible says we are never to conform to this world by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. When Paul said this to the believers in Romans, he's talking about do not conform to the value systems of the current society. At the time, the value system is you know, worshipping idol. God is made of idols. God is, you know, you can only worship God by going to some temple and worship idols. And for the Jews at the time, is, it's just, you know, God is, you know, God is, is, is an Old Testament God and He's angry. He wants to, you know, Paul is saying they were never, they, 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 they ought to not conform to whatever value system at the time because he was introducing this amazing truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ that is you're saved by grace raised through faith. It is too hard to have Adam. And if you don't have it on my mind, you cannot receive it. Can you imagine you have been brought up, you know, believing that, you know, you should, you should pray to these idols, pray to this God or that God. And, and then it is, it is, it is, it only takes a special kind of people to have their heart softened to change their mind. Because if you've been brought up all your life to worship a certain way, you really do need to have a softened heart and an open mind. And that's what Paul was preaching. You know, today I'm preaching to the believers. Most of you are believers. Is that you too need to have an open mind, a soft heart and open mind so God can bring transformation. So we're not to conform to the current world value system, philosophy, including religious ideas. And philosophies, you know, in religious terms, it's called doctrines. But we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not just about salvation only, but everything. We believers must be careful not allowing our hearts to be hardened by dogma in the name of defending whatever we think we are defending. Let me say something very controversial. How many of you know that I'm anti-religion, right? I will submit to you that religion has been the source of hindrance to progress including religion of atheism. It is a religion because people really dogmatic about it. Come fight with the atheists. They can be so angry. Have you seen those angry atheists? They, they will dig their hill and they think you're stupid. And they will be mad. They will have tantrum. Anything that you hold fast to is a religion. It will hinder your progress. How many of you remember the Wright's brothers? Wrights, they they create planes. Right? So one of the brother, Orville Wright, said this, and listen to this very carefully, because it'll change your life. When they built the plane, they need to they, they have to break every conceivable theories that were out there. That say that no object can ever fly because there's this law of gravitation. You can't fight it. It's there. But at the time, the physics, the theory of aerodynamics, has not been discovered yet. Some of you who are engineers, you know what I'm talking about. And they didn't know about the theory of aerodynamics. What is that? Aerodynamic can defy gravitational force if the aerodynamic is is stronger. In other words, the wind will lift the object if there is a certain speed. Right, engineers? But nobody knew about that. They always assumed the gravitational force is true and nothing can ever, ever defy it. So he said this. Listen to this very carefully. If we all worked, and some of you scientists, Brother John, listen, right? If all worked, you know that already. If all worked on the assumption that what is accepted as true is really true, there would be little hope of advance. Did you get that? i say it again. Some of you are writing notes. I'm going to say it slowly. If we all worked on the assumption that what is accepted as true is really true, there would be little hope of advance. So, in the days of Paul the Apostle, they have all accepted that the truth is this their form of worship is true, their gods is true, and so whatever they're doing were true. That's what they never advanced spiritually. They never received salvation. They never ever had, you know, able to, to discover the inheritance of God. By the way, let me tell you about the inheritance of God. We are all candidates. In fact, we are fellow inheritors with Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Yes. But most Christians haven't got a clue what that is. They think it is being saved. Is it? Join a church. What a boring inheritance. Even he agrees. <laughs> if our inheritance is to get to church and sit every Sunday an hour listening to some guy bore us to death, which is not me, by the way. <laughs> some guy bore us to death. That is no inheritance. Come on, man. Can you imagine your, your rich, rich uncle? You know, he's about to die. You know he owns a hundred million. And it's word out that he's about to die and he wants to see all the relatives because he's going to divvy up his inheritance. So you go there, you know, you're driving in your car. You're thinking, okay, I could use a million dollars now. I wonder what I'm going to do with a million dollars. Should I buy a... Maybe invest in the stock market, have a 4% yield, and I have a $40,000 income every year, passive income. You know, you think like... I think like that. Anyway, so, so you're driving to get your inheritance. And then, all oh, surrounded, Very excited. And your uncle says, I leave you my inheritance. Each and every one of you will have an equal inheritance. Oh, now you got, oh, praise the Lord. From this day forward to the day you die, you will come to my house and listen one hour to me talking on a CD player. (laughs) That would be your inheritance. Now, you think you'll be excited about that? Talk to me. You think you'll be excited about that? And yet, most believers think that's what our inheritance is. And that's why they don't come to church. That's why it's boring to death. They've been deceived. Do you know how much your inheritance is? Do you even know what it is? You're so quiet. is huge. The reason we are not excited is because we really don't know what it is. You don't know what your inheritance is. You know, we talk a lot about some of the inheritance in this church, you know, healings and provision, salvation and miracles and so forth. Those are our inheritance. They are great. But do you know, it's a whole lot more than that. It's much bigger than that. We haven't even scratched the surface. and You know why? Because we've been ignorant. You know why? Because our heart has been hardened. You know why? Because we've been told that the only inheritance we have is just coming to church every Sunday. That's not an inheritance. That's not your inheritance. I pray to the Holy Spirit this morning that He will open up your mind. You will see things that you didn't see before. You will know what your inheritance is. Then you can celebrate. Then you're excited about your faith. You're excited about your calling. You're excited about your salvation. I pray this morning that God will stop speaking to you. Yeah, listen, don't close your mind. You see, most Christians, they close their mind. They're happy. Now, let me tell you the reason of heart being hardened. First is culture. If you come from a culture that teach you to be very conservative, don't accept anything anybody say, be suspicious of everything, of whatever people say, then you will have a habit of having a closed mind. They say that Asians, we're good at memorizing stuff. I I need to break the myth. That's true, not true. I can't remember anything. Some of you know that I don't even remember your name. It's, it's, not, it's just not one person, right? It's not one person. I don't remember many of your name. And I will go, hi, brother. Don't get offended. You're not the only one to forget your name because, you know, I'm not confessing negative things. I'm just telling you what's going on in me, right? God has given me other gifts, really good gifts. Like <laughs> I, I have good gifts. I love my gifts. I love talking the bird down, you know. Well, I haven't done that yet, but you know what I mean, right? But as far as memory is concerned, I haven't gotten any, you know. And uh, yesterday was really funny because uh, um, you know, uh, we, we, uh, we've been skiing all season long every Saturday. You think I recognize my wife's skis, right? You think. <laughs> So yesterday, I, I was at church longer, and so I wasn't able to go to ski with them, and so they, they went skiing. And so she told me to take her skis and put it in her car and her poles and put it in her car. Well, I figured, okay, well, let's do that. And I, since, you know, like it's getting warmer now, who knows if it's going to snow, so I actually packed mine away. And I thought it was my ski. It's actually her ski that I packed away, and I put my ski in her car. She was saying, why why, what? <laughs> what, you know? Because <laughs> I couldn't remember what my ski looked like and what her ski looked like. And by the way, they're different colors. I should be able to remember it. You should have remembered. I know. My, my point is this. I am gifted in this. I'm not gifted in the, If I'm gifted in the, I would have been a historian or a doctor today. No condemnation. I'm. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed. I'm. I'm very proud. <laughs> not of my mind, but always. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we all have different gifts. I don't know why I got there, but you know they say Asians. Well, all we need to do is marry. So, so I just had to hit that stereotype and just break it, right? So don't believe that. You know we're not all accountants, engineers, and doctors. No. Some of us wouldn't be able to do it, right? But, some, so they, but they say also Asian culture is very, it's very rigid. And therefore, in Asia, they, they're good at copying, but they're really not good at inventing stuff. And you can see that in some of the countries, they're very strict. The, the, the rules are very strict. You can get whacked just throwing gums on the street. You know, some of you coming from that country, right? So you can, you can get punished by just throwing chew, you know, gum your gum on the street. So it's very strict. It's very rigid. It's true. But sometimes those rigidity in our culture had limit our ability to think outside the box. I, life, I like the fact that we're living in the West because it just gives us all this freedom to think outside the box, to think like we never think before, to, to imagine, use our imagination to reach places we've never reached before. Believers, God has given you an amazing inheritance above and beyond just Christianity, religious stuff. He has given you an abundant life. And you need to just not stop at salvation, righteousness, and sin. Leave that God says, I have forgiven your sin. I have covered your sin. I have forgiven you. I have given you victory. It's done already. Don't dwell there. Move on. Everybody say move on. Come on, we got to learn how to move on beyond that. God has given you the capacity and the ability to do much greater than what we've been doing. If we just move on, just talking about sin and move on. Some of you may be inventing, I don't know. Some of you could be the next. Writer of songs. Some of you, some of you could be, could be the next prime minister. Some of you could, could do amazing things for the Lord if you would just be open-minded. But that starts with a softened heart. Another reason is pride. I'm talking about the reason why a heart is hardened. It's pride and, and it's self-explanatory. And another reason is familiarity. Christians who had come to church forever. They feel familiar. And because they feel familiar, they're not willing to reach out to something else. If you feel familiar, you need to, it's a hard time for you to just... I always say, test out what God had taught you. You know, like growing up in, in, my, in the Pentecostal home, we've never taught to interpret our own tongues. We just taught to go... Blah, 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 blah. That's it. Right? But one day, I decided... I read 1 Corinthians 14. It says, he that speaks in tongues, let him pray that he may interpret. Ooh, that sounds like talking to me. So do you know what I do? I just decided when nobody's around, especially when, you know, in my house, you know, and and I just speak in tongues and I pray, God, you know, I want to interpret this. And I interpret it. I wrote it down and I tested it. I wait for a few weeks and something happened. Something came true. I go, ooh, this is new stuff. You see, when you just dwell in the, Low-level salvation. God might want to give you some amazing revelation that the body of Christ needs, but He can't give it to you because you are stuck there. Familiarity. Another reason why people people tend to be hardened in their hearts is because they've been hurt before. Pain causes them to close up. They don't want to try out. It's it's some kind of phobia, some kind of fear. So they, they just... They're too afraid to reach out, too afraid to try things out. I I know that for me is true, especially when it comes to roller coaster. See, my mom is here, right? You tell her when I was, I remember when I was 10 years old, while church was riding a bus to go and see Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham just passed away. We're going to see Billy Graham. And you know, if you go in another city as a church, you just don't want to just go to Billy Graham, right? You want to have a bit of fun. So they will go to some theme park, and I don't know what, what got into my mom, Glory. I don't even think she remembers it. She let me ride the roller coaster. And those times, roller coasters these days are pretty good, but in those times, roller coaster, you don't have those hard harness that just keep you in. It's just a little, 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 little belt, you know? It's like as if it's going to do anything. It's loose. It's loose, and you know those roller coasters—they're riding on some broken—I don't know—it didn't look safe—and have a lot of noise, shaking, you know. So I got stuck in there. I guess peer pressure. Come on, man, you can do it. Come on. That's why I don't like peer pressure. Making you, anyways. So I got stuck in there, and man, by the time I come out of the roller coaster, nobody saw me. It was dark. I was green and blue, man. And even ever since then, I would not touch roller coaster and i tell you i missed out a lot like the leviathan in wonderland i wouldn't know what the joy is oh there's no joy (laughs) there's a lot of throwing up you know (laughs) i wouldn't know the joy you know my children they love to they love to ride on those things that drop you down they take you all the way up drop you down i don't know that joy Oh, I, well, my, my, my daughter will beg the deal, for she loves that. She loves to be dropped. It's like, praise the Lord, you know. Well, you know, see, fear, and, and I do have that fear. And because of that fear, and I think it's okay to have the fear, praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good, you know. Anyways, for, but you know, I'm just giving you an analogy. And because of that, I'm not, I'm not able to enjoy much more. You know, they, you know uh, until recently, yeah, something had changed, right? So recently, you know, like I think to myself, I saw, one time I saw my boy, you know, we went to me- Mexico and, and there was this, this water park and, and he was just a little, like maybe nine years, 10 years old, whatever, right? And uh, so he wanted to go to that big, the biggest water slide, most vertical one. And I said, over my dead body, you're not going there. So I was talking and talking. And the next thing I know, like, my boy is not around anymore. I see a little guy coming down just like him. I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I thought to myself, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> so here I was, went up there, man. I tell you, I broke that fear, and boy, I tell you, the joy was immense. It was like, ooh, flying down. Ooh, it was. It was really scary, but the scary part is the fun part, right? <laughs> but I want to tell you this: you know, because of our hurt and pain and our fear. That had stopped many of us believers to expand, to grow, to have a mind shifted, to have a mind transformed. Because our heart is hardened, we have decided, no, we will not do this. That's when your heart is hardened. I pray that this morning God will soften each and every one of our hearts to make it so tender. That say, God, I'm open to new ideas. I'm open. You know, a lot of times we're fearful of false doctrine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Christians are very fearful of false doctrine, because growing up we've been told that you better be careful, because if you're not careful, you're going to latch onto some false doctrine and you're going to go straight to hell. We're very fearful of false doctrines. It's a false fear. Listen, if you want to not ever be deceived into false doctrines, get yourself familiarized with the Word of God. I want to hear a bigger amen than that. If you do not want to be deceived, you need to get yourself familiarized with the Word of God. You know, a few years ago, I was so tired of just listening to preachers. I decided to shut everybody down and I spent exclusively on the Bible for several years, just reading it, listening to it. I don't listen to music and ask my kids we are sitting in the car. The minute they get in the car, they hear scriptures just rolling. And when I go to sleep, I plug a scripture in. Every time I have a reading opportunity, listening to the opportunity, I just go through the Bible. I went through the Bible teens number of times and I know the little cranny and crooks of whatever that's being said and you know, I may not remember everything but it's already tucked in my head. I don't know what is true, what is false and I can even challenge some of the dogma that we accept it to be true and nobody seems to be answering me because you know most people they receive the truth from listening to somebody else's truth. And that's why they they do have uh, they, they do have uh, they do have cause to be concerned but if you're familiar with the word of God you can venture out. You can try new things because the word of God is full of people that pushing pushing further, getting new breakthrough in their life, getting new, new understanding in their life, and get, reach, uh, uh, achieving new heights in their life. God, you're sitting here this morning because God wants you to go to new heights. God wants you to conquer new territories. God wants you to push further. God wants you to experience new breakthrough. That's the reason why you're here. So I encourage you, to hearken to the voice of God. Go for new breakthrough. But the only way that you can do it is not, not with a hardened heart, but with a softened heart. And the Word of God had warned us all over the Bible that we, we ought to be careful that we, are, we do not have our heart hardened. You may be a Christian for a long time, so what? Be open-minded. Having a soft heart. <laughs>